0: Just look up in the starry sky There's oh, so many, oh, so bright and I know you're thinking of me I think of all the sand upon the shore A billion, trillion, how can I ignore A love for all And even a man like me You see everything, everything Even a man like me, you see everything I'm running to win, I'm running top speed, I trip and fall But then you catch me, dust myself off, head for the prize. I'm longing for the days your eyes meet mine. Jesus, I just look up in the starry sky. It's oh so me, oh so bright. And I know you're thinking of me. All the sin on the shore, a billion, trillion, how can I ignore? love for all even a man child, faith like a child. Lord, I'm running to it yeah. You said have a faith like a child. Every knee will bow, every tongue confess. That you're the one true, the first and last. Still wide, my panic almost flip the boat. And there, you're sweet dreaming, eyes closed. Jesus. Oh, I just look up in the starry sky. There's oh so many, oh so bright, and I know. sand upon the shores a billion trillion how can I ignore a love for all Ooh, and even a man song called, You Look My Way. I remember when you looked at me, nothing else mattered. I remember when I looked at you, my heart was shattered, nothing mattered. No, nothing. Cause you looked my way. You looked my way. You came from heaven above. No need for my ladder. The grace in your smile makes all worry scatter. Now nothing matters, my soul pitter patters, no fear of disaster, because you looked my way, you looked my way. Just flatter My heart's pumping faster I just want to turn up my Stratocaster And nothing matters For me to fly, you made a way, you turned on the lights. You made a way for me to fly, you made a way that I will never die. Oh, you made a way for me to fly, you made a way, you turned on the lights. The truth, the lies. Thank you. God bless you. Good night.
1: Who is it? Hi, my name is Daniel. I'm with the Packing House Christian Fellowship. We're doing a program where we give the free Jesus video DVD to everyone in presence. Here's yours. God bless you. My favorite color is light tan.
0: Mi color favorito es suave.
1: My favorite animal is puppies.
0: Mi animal favorito son peritos.
1: And I love to serve the Lord in hiking and playing
0: volleyball. By the way, those are all my favorite things too.
1: And if you'd like to serve in the Spanish Translation Ministry, contact me or the front desk upstairs. Thank you guys so much for the food donations. This is your last weekend to donate food for the Thanksgiving baskets. Ooh, I love me some bushes baked beans. I'd also like to point out that there are offering boxes set up around the sanctuary and in the lobby. If you're watching online, you can use the online giving option. Now let's quiet our hearts and go into a time of prayer before Pastor Ed brings the message. All right, so I have a serious question before we pray.
0: How many of you guys recognize the quotes from Nacho Libre in that video? Rick? Yes? How many? Like seriously, three people? That's pretty good. All right, let's all stand. (laughs) Father God, we thank you, Lord, for this night that we can worship you, that we can learn more truth about you, Lord. We ask that you would have your way uh, with this time of worship, Lord. May you be glorified, we pray in your name. Amen. Remember those was when we could sin. This is our God, this is who he is, he loves us. This is our God, this is who he is, he saves us, he bore the cross. Saga. Born of his spirit, and washed in his blood, in what he did for me on Calvary is more than enough, because I trust in God, my Savior, the one who will never. in God, my Savior, the one who will never fail, You will never fail, and I trust in God. Let's sing together Perfect Submission. submission and all is at rest and I know the author of tomorrow has ordered my steps so this is my story this is my song I'm praising my risen key and savior all the day long. Cause I trust in God for my savior. trust in God I "I sought the Lord and I sought the Lord and He heard and He answered I sought the Lord i trust in god my savior the one who will never fail and he will never fail i trust in god my savior God. are strongly Lord, that those words are true, Lord, as we wait upon you, Lord God, you will raise us, Lord, to meet with you on the wings of eagles, Lord God. We thank you, Lord, that you are our Lord, our Savior, our Father. And tonight, Lord, as we study your word, I pray that you would draw us near to your heart and that you would continue making us more like you, Father, we pray in your name. Amen.
1: Uh, one more time for our worship team. Thank you so much, guys. Well, hey, happy Thanksgiving. Okay, who has their grocery shopping done? Who's ready? Yeah, good job. Extra credit. Gold stars on your heaven charts. We're pretty close. Huh, we're pretty close. Yeah, I think we're almost done. I'm sure Thursday will be... Actually, no, Thursday's not at my house. We're going to family's house on Thursday. Yes. Ah, I love Thanksgiving. I enjoy the feast. I enjoy jokes and laughter with none of the drama, okay, so family watching, just letting you know. I love, uh, yeah, I love getting together, having lots of laughs, and, and enjoying a time together. Okay, we have been traveling through the letter to the Colossians. That's what we do here at the packing house. We go through books of the Bible. We go through every book, and we go through every verse. So, just remember that when you see the selection of verses we have tonight, okay? We go in order. As Pastor Ed always says, a wiser pastor would just skip right over these verses. Are you guys ready? Okay, so Colossians chapter 3, starting at verse 15. And we're actually only going to take a, a few verses tonight, but Colossians 3, verse 15. Uh, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called. In one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. In whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Wives, submit to your own husbands, as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Let's stop there and pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. Lord, as Robert was praying earlier, we want to draw closer to you, God. So, Father, we just ask to see Jesus clear. Holy Spirit, help us to understand these scriptures tonight. And help us to apply them to our lives, so we can walk in them. In Jesus' name, Amen. I probably should have mentioned, if you if this is your first time coming, um, our kids are have taken over the amphitheater and they're playing Nerf. So, if you hear like yells, screams, shrieks, squeaks, and giggles, it's the kids. And I tell them, be loud, have fun, be crazy. It doesn't bother me. So I hope it doesn't. B- I don't care if it bothers. Me. It's fine. They're kids. They're having a blast here at church. So. This is going to be their church someday, so let's get on their good side now. Okay, <clears throat> last week we talked about the new life in Christ. We got a new wardrobe the Bible was sharing. So the old wardrobe with all the, uh, all that uh, sin and rejection from the Lord, that's all gone. And we have a new wardrobe. And the final touch to this new wardrobe was this bond of perfection that we closed with last week and it was love. Love was the most important things that we were to put on, okay? Tonight we're seeing that God's divine peace and the dwelling of His Word, they forge unshakable foundations for our relationships. God's divine peace, that holy peace, that peace that only God can give, And his word in our lives, man, makes for unshakable relationships, okay? That's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Enjoying his divine peace, letting it come into our lives. And the dwelling of his word, operating under his word, okay? So let's start right into verse 15. Let's get into it. And let the peace of God... Rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Peace, peace. Let's talk about, let's break the verse down. Peace, this shalom, this calm state. Okay, it's the calm state of a a soul, totally assured and confident of its salvation through Christ. We don't have to fear anything from God. We're content. So it's this calm, it's the, it's the person who is calm because we know, we, are, we know that we know that our salvation is through Christ. It's not of any works. It's by grace. It's God's gift to us, okay? So just put away all the worry of, did I do it well enough today? Did I do enough good deeds to get me into eternity? Don't worry about that. Chill. Have peace. Because you, believer, if you trust in Jesus Christ, you are saved, restored, made whole, okay? So there's that assurance, that confidence. When temporary earthly problems arise, keyword, when the temporary earthly problems arise, we can have peace because of our permanent position In the Lord. Temporary problems on this side of eternity, permanent position, permanent child in the Lord. You are God's permanent child. He loves you, He thinks you're valuable. That's done. You trusted in Jesus, boom, you're a permanent child of the Lord. Let that peace rule in your heart. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Why are you, like, over-pronunciating let? Let means don't prevent. Let this happen. Don't prevent it from happening. Let the rule of... Uh, let, oh, excuse me. Let the peace of God rule in our hearts. Remember, last week, if you, if you recap or look a little bit above on your Bible... It says we're supposed to set our minds on things above. That's what we learned last week. Okay, if you're setting your minds on things above, meaning you have this heavenly perspective, right? The Bible talks about everything from heaven's perspective. We're citizens living on earth, but we, I mean, we're people living on earth, but we're citizens of heaven because we have that permanent place with the Lord. Yeah, we're here, but we have a place in eternity with Jesus. Okay, if we have our minds set on that, we can enjoy an inner peace, a confidence. So let that rule your life. Let that rule your life. Walk in confidence that when you have the Lord in your heart, you are in God's will. If you have Jesus in your life, he's given you a new heart. He's working on you and changing you. Let that peace rule What do you mean don't prevent? Do I have a choice in the matter? Yes. Yes, you have a choice in this. Jesus said in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you. Peace I give. I give it to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. So let not, don't let your heart, prevent it from being troubled. Okay? So <clears throat> I, haven't, I don't know if I've done I know I tell my jokes like on repeat sometimes but check this out, what do you do with gifts coming up on the holidays, you guys remember what we do with gifts you can receive the gift wow, this is great and receive it and use it and apply it to your life you can say no thank you and reject the gift, right you know what a lot of people do it bugs me, they just pray for that gift receipt and then set the thing aside. Okay? So you choose to receive this peace from God. Well, I want that peace right now. I'm not preventing peace from flooding over my life. Well, a lot of people do. I don't have peace. Why? Because they're trying to control every single aspect of their lives and the lives around them. No, no, no. Choose to receive the peace of God. Choose to let it rule in your hearts. Choose to not prevent it. Well, this all sounds great, but how do I actually do this? Start with praying. God, I, I give you permission. Isn't that weird saying that you give God permission to something? He's the creator of the universe. God, I, I, I give you permission. <laughs> I want your peace. Let it rule and govern my life. That's what it means to rule. Let your peace be an umpire in my life. What does that mean? Another baseball sports analogy? Yeah. You know, what an umpire does is he's calling the strikes, the balls, he's awarding runs, he's, he's running the show. He's, as, as the players are playing the game, he's the one keeping them in line. Oh, so the peace of God will help me keep in line with God's will as he, his expectations and his desires of us. Oh, that's what you mean by let it rule in our lives. So start with prayer. Lord, I choose to surrender to you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your peace. Pray that prayer. It's a strong and powerful prayer. Allow the peace of God to rule in your life. Rule in your relationships. Rule at work. Rule at home. Rule in your decisions. Okay? Two weeks ago, uh, Andrew, who assists me in the youth ministry... He and I were at a high school a couple weeks ago. One of the local high schools invites us every week. Seriously, the public high school is inviting us to go and minister. It's so cool. Great opportunity. So we were there with some of the seniors and there. I go, hey, how's your day going? Oh, man, I was just, I was a little stressing because I had, to, I had to submit my applications to college. And I don't know if it's the right, you know, if this one's right or this one's right. I got my safety schools. And, and I was like, dude, let's pray, what? Yeah, you should pray that God puts you wherever He wants you. Pray. You know, kids are stressed out right now because FAFSA's coming in. You got to start applying first of the year and whatnot. You know, and they start awarding uh, grants and all that in case you have some college kids in the house. I was like, let's pray. Let's pray on this. Pray for all these decisions, and then be confident that what's going to happen is God's will. It'll happen. Consult Him, so you can look for His peace. In his word, which we're doing tonight, you can look for peace through prayer and allow it. Choose choose to surrender to God's peace and start praying and talking with him about it. Let that peace just go over you, flood over your life. And then he says in this verse, to which also you were called in one body. Paul wants us to have that peace ruling in our lives, uniting us, one another, uniting us. The word is unite, not uniform. We don't all need to dress the same, talk the same, and do exactly the same things. That's not what God, God loves diversity. He loves all these different gifts and all these different directions, people sharing Jesus' love. He wants us to be, he wants this peace, to rule our lives, to unite us into one body, to unite us with our love for Christ Jesus. But you know, this, the church down the street or in the next town over does not have to do the same things that we're doing. It's so, they love Jesus, God bless them. We love Jesus too. Let's see, okay, so this piece is to rule in our hearts, and it's to unite us, unite us. Paul wrote to a first century church. They were human beings reading this. People had issues back then, just like they knew they do now. Can you imagine that? People having issues? He says, guys, you love Jesus. Just, hey, peacefully, have peace. Let God's peace go through your differences, and don't let him cause divisions. You know, it's all right that you have differences of opinions, but let that peace unite you guys. Be one body, okay? One body. And then he says, be thankful. Be thankful. How fitting. How fitting. Years ago, I can't even remember when my mother first started it, but years ago, I mean, you'd, she'd have this like full spread, and we'd be so hungry all day long from fasting. Just kidding; they wouldn't make anything else except for what they were making for dinner, and we'd be starving, hungry, and it would—your oh, plate was overflowing. I'd even have my little salad plate filled with food, and then you'd get ready to dig in, and my mom would go, Burr. "Now let's all ten of us say what we're thankful for." And I'm all, Oh my gosh, mom. I'm thankful for food. Let's eat. Richard, wait. (laughs) What are we thankful for? Be thankful, he says. I was looking up the benefits of gratitude. Do you guys, have you guys ever heard of the Mayo Clinic? The prestigious hospital. The Mayo Clinic did a study on the effects of thankfulness and gratitude. Just a snapshot of it. The Mayo Clinic says to quote, expressing gratitude is associated with a host of mental and physical benefits. Studies have shown that feeling thankful can improve sleep, mood, and immunity. Gratitude can decrease depression, anxiety, difficulties with chronic pain and risk of disease. Positive gestures benefit you by releasing oxytocin, a hormone that helps connect people. And I have the link in, in my notes if someone wants to look at this, the whole study. Thankfulness? Wow, gratitude? I found that it helps us focus on the positive aspects of our lives rather than just festering and dwelling and sulking on the negative aspects. Gratitude can help shift the pro- our, our focus. It can help shift our focus from our problems. It boosts self-esteem, gratitude, helping us to appreciate our own strengths and accomplishments. It encourages us to focus on the good of others. Gratitude. Wow. Wow, gratitude helps us with all those things. To focus on others, to focus on, like, what we actually do that's well. It's okay to to be thankful to its regularly practicing gratitude can help us with the, have a more positive view of life and improve our relationships okay since we are gonna start sliding into relationships right now gratitude it's powerful and God himself God is saying be thankful be thankful it really does track with our main point tonight and our main point is God's divine peace which right we're supposed to let peace rule his divine peace and the dwelling of his word forges unshakable foundations in our relation, for relationships, unshakable relationships. His peace and his word, the dwelling of his word. Let's get into that. <clears throat> Verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Let me read to you that same verse out of the Living Bible. The Living Bible says, Remember what Christ has taught and let his words enrich your lives and make you wise. Teach them to each other and sing them out in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing to the Lord with thankful hearts. That word dwell means feel at home. To feel at home let the words of Christ run the house let it dwell at home let it run the house let it take up residence in your lives let the Word of God the Bible is what we're talking about the Bible let its teachings let its principles let God's promises just dwell and take up space in our lives as what he's saying well how do I do that okay I'll tell you right now, it takes more than the 35 minutes we spend each Sunday night. Meaning, get in your word on your own. What is he trying to say to us? Crack those dusty Bibles open and start enjoying them. Enjoying that spiritual food for your soul. I don't know where to start. It's hard to read it. Read the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Get to know Jesus. That's who it's all about. Get to know Jesus. Let it dwell. Let it take up residence. Make it, let it feel at home, God's word. Do you remember the first time you guys moved into a new apartment? Or you rented a new room? Or maybe when you, you got a new house. Did it feel like home right away that first night? No, huh? It doesn't. It takes time. Gosh, it's taken years for me to feel at home in my residence. It feels like home now. I've spent a lot of time there. I've seen my kids grow, and, and my wife and I have memories there. And same. You've got to spend time with the Lord as it starts feeling comfortable, reading things over and over, getting inspired by different stories, talking about them with excitement with your friends when you uncover something new. Let it dwell richly in your lives. God's word turns into worship. It's like it gets so into us that we start singing, seeing and singing songs riddled with scripture like we've been doing this evening. Let it dwell in you and let it enrich your lives. And enrich your lives. Improve it, enhance it, make it better. Man, God's word firmly in our lives, it it's powerful. It changes it. Which is why like some countries have tried to. Make it illegal for its, the word to be in there because they don't want their people to have hope. It's powerful. Why wouldn't we want to have a daily dose of this power in our lives, God's word? And whatever you do in word and deed, do all in the name of the Lord, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Okay? We're, we're starting to get through into scripture. Now, we've been learning a lot about Christ and what he does. We have this new wardrobe, right? And, and Paul is like, hey, with tenderness, with the mercy, with the kindness, with the long-suffering and patience and the love that God gives, with all this, you guys got to, we got to, that's why I was praying, we have to apply it to our lives. We get inspired on Sunday, but you better apply it on Monday, okay? We're supposed to live out these biblical truths, Whatever you do in word or deed, are you a spouse, which we're going to get into tonight? Show the love of the Lord in your marriage. Are you an uncle or an aunt or a mentor or an influencer? Man, show people what the Lord can do. Are you a teacher? Teach, show your kids how, how the Lord teaches a lesson. Are you a realtor? Well, then show and share like the Lord would. Are you a lawyer? Litigate how the Lord would do. Be just and fair. And look out for your clients as the Lord would do. He's the defender of the weak, like we were just singing. Are you a contractor? Then build and install and restore. Jesus was a carpenter. How cool is that? Are you a caretaker? Man, show that mercy that the Lord gives. Whatever you do in word or deed, if you're a businessman, man, show people how the Lord gets deals done. Are you a leader in your family or your workspace? Show off servant leadership like Jesus did, the Jesus style of leadership, serving and lifting up one another. Whatever your role in life, work, family, or community, do it in the name of the Lord. Do it in the name of the Lord. Okay, so with all this in mind, the peace of God ruling, having an attitude of gratitude, right? Being thankful. God's word dwelling and making a home in our lives, now we're going to focus, Paul's focusing at the Christian home, what God expects of a household. Centuries ago, Confucius says, the strength of a nation is derived from the integrity of its homes. The strength of a nation is derived from the integrity of its homes. Believers, we must build and maintain godly Christian homes. Where do I start? With our own. Like the country's going down the tubes, the state's going down the tubes, the community, it starts at home and echoes and reverberates from our home into our neighborhood, to our neighbors, beyond the cul-de-sac, into our community, beyond the community, into the city, beyond the city, into the state, and so forth. But it starts with our home. Well, I'm very frustrated. Okay, well, guess what? Our expectations need to line up with God's word. So let's dig into God's word, allowing it to dwell in us and see what God is looking for in a Christian home, okay? These are the verses I was talking about earlier. Smart pastor, as Pastor Ed always says, and he and I were joking about this earlier this week, would skip right over these verses, but you guys are lucky. You get me tonight. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. Okay, as a wife submits, it means voluntarily let your husband lead the home. Submit to your own husband in, the ways that, in ways that honor the Lord. I've shared this verse before with a fool who only heard that part. He didn't hear any of the other counseling I gave him. And three divorces later, I don't think he's gotten the point. I'm very serious about when I say, Read and take in the whole counsel of God. If you were to just stop there, it would just be mayhem. We have to study and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to us. I can't say it any more serious. So when it says, wives, submit to your husband, okay, what it's really saying to the dudes is we, as husbands, men, we have a responsibility. We are accountable to the choices and the way we lead our homes. And who are we accountable to? God. God. We're accountable to God. Well, if I'm accountable, I've got to make all these decisions. Okay, listen. That doesn't mean our wives don't have any input. Oh, a wise husband will highly value the input of his God-given wife. Highly value it. Ladies, when, when Paul is saying this, and you read this in the Bible, by no means, men and women, does this mean that there's a difference or a distinction in value of ladies and men. Absolutely not. We are all created in God's image. Highly valued. We are his children. But guys, we have a responsibility to lead our homes. We are accountable to the Lord. And it says that wives are, are told to submit. Yeah. But there's a limitation to this submission. What is the limitation? Well, it says right here, their submission is limited to what is fitting to the Lord, meaning what falls within the boundaries of God's will. Ladies, your ultimate allegiance is to God. He is the primary in all of our lives and relationships, men and women. We must have God as the primary love we must prioritize him above all other relationships. And when we do, he makes us a better spouse, a better family member, a better worker, a better student, a better son, a better daughter, a better uncle, a better aunt, better, whatever your role is in life. That prioritizing God makes you better. So remember the limitation is what's according to God's will. What's according to God's will. If our, if our spouse asks us to sin, They're not owed that. Wow, these are powerful statements. Husbands, let's go over to the guys. Well, I feel like you've been beaten up, guys. I know, we're easy targets. There's just a lot of responsibility on us, men, to live these lives, you know, as godly men. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. That's not a suggestion, a good idea. It's a declarative statement, it is a command. Love your wives. Never treat them harshly. The love here is not romantic love. That's, that's eros. The Greek word here is agape, which is the undeserving, unearned love that God gives us. It's actionable, okay? It's something we do for the, for, for, to, gosh, I'm getting all tongue-tied. You want the best for someone else, even though they may not deserve it. That's what he says for us to do, husbands, is love our wives, not expecting anything else in return. who's our example of this? Of course, Jesus is the example. He gave his life and sacrificed his life for us. That The reason why you're so valuable is because it costs Jesus everything to have a relationship with you. It cost him everything. You want to know how valuable your life is? Look at the cross. It cost him everything. Pastor Ed taught me. If you guys never have met Pastor Ed, he's the senior pastor of this church. Sometimes folks don't know that. But he's the senior pastor of our church and he's a mentor and just a spiritual father in my life. He was he's taught us, he's taught us that, you know, often we say, Oh, I love my wife and I would die for her. Yeah, you would die for her? Yeah, would you take a bullet for her? Yeah. Would you live for her? Huh? Take out the trash when she's not asking. Do things that she does you know, just do stuff without her asking it. Would you live for her? Do the things that you know that are going to just speak her love language. Would you do that for her? Oh, I've pulled a lot of guys aside right before the altar. Hey, dude, do you love her? Yeah, yeah, Rick. I totally love her. Come on, dude. Live for her. And you almost see this, like, look come out. I'll come over, what? Live for her. If you're willing to die for her, die to yourself and live for her, maintaining the ultimate allegiance to God, okay? Remembering love, this love that you're supposed to share with her, it is patient, kind, does not envy, does not boast, is not proud, is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. 1 Corinthians 13, by the way, the, the love definition. Man, you really harped on guys a lot. You know, listen, a wife, I wrote this and I don't want to mess it up. A wife who knows that her husband loves her, wants and desires the best for her, has little problem submitting to him and supporting him. It's true. You don't know where the state of my marriage is, though. This is all easy for you to say from the pulpit. You don't know. Well, I don't even know where to start this. Lord, I'm sorry. Help me. Help my marriage. Oh, man. God created marriage. You don't think he wants to help you and sustain you? He's like, all right. Thanks for the invitation. And if you want to know how crazy a marriage can get when Jesus is invited, take a look at the wedding at Cana. These guys invited Jesus, and he brought more than his plus one, and they had a problem. They had a problem. They took it to Jesus, and he did something extraordinary through their marriage, and history has recorded it, and people teach about it for the last couple thousand years. What could he do in your marriage if you invited him? Okay, let's get the kids back in here. Andrew, bring the kids in. No, I'm just kidding. We're going to like pick on these guys a little bit. Well, he says here to the kids, he's addressing the whole family in the first century, okay? He's addressing the whole family. We're not going to get to the, the servants in the household. We'll do that next week because there's a lot to be said on, on this, on the stuff we've already talked about. So he turns his focus to the kids and he says, Kids, children, obey your parents in all things for this is pleasing to the Lord. Wow, nice. Thanks, Paul, for that one. Children, obey your parents, for this pleases the Lord. Nice. Parents, one unit. We're supposed to be on one side. It's us against these kids, man. They outnumber us in most families. Man, it's parents. So get together, establish okay boundaries, you know, healthy boundaries for the kids. Enforce those boundaries and see how healthy your kids grow up. Children must obey. Why do I have to obey my parents and all their, their, oh, see, they're rebelling against me now. They're rebelling. Jeez. It's made out of metal. We're safe. Lock the doors. Just kidding. Obey your parents, it says, because it pleases God. Why on earth would I want to obey my parents? Because it's, it's pleasing to God. It's pleasing to God. I often say, parents, we are not to be, we don't have to be our kids' friends. In fact, I say, parents, dude, you don't have to be their friends. And someone goes, what on earth, what exactly do you mean by that, Pastor Rick? That's what I got asked this week. I go, well, here's what I mean by it. I I like to encourage parents to prioritize our responsibility, our guiding in raising up these, these kids, our guiding, our guidance, our responsibility, To raise these kids over just a simple casual relationship with them, does that make sense? So I'm I'm encouraging us to take our responsibility to training them up. All right, I'm not saying you got to be a dictator to them and beat them up. All no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying we have a responsibility as parents to steward or manage our children. Okay? to welcome them into Christ, to set healthy boundaries, to get them to brush their teeth and eat their veggies and drink plenty of water and all that stuff, sleeping well, man, we have a responsibility. And when kids do that, man, man, their lives are really different when they get consistent sleep, consistent meals, consistent encouragement, consistent training and discipline. They do. They're just different. They're different. I know because at Juvenile Hall, I've seen kids where they had no consistency, And they come in and spend a few months with Pastor Rick at his Thursday night Bible study. And they go to bed at 8 o'clock. They rise from bed at 6.30. They eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They go to school. They go to the doctor regularly. They do all this in juvenile hall. And then all of a sudden, they're knocking out high school, like half of my Bible study. There's like five or six or seven of them right now in college. All because they do things consistently because they have healthy boundaries set upon them by the state, by the county. But in our households, let me encourage you, take that responsibility. And they are to obey us, parents, adults in the home raising kids, whether you're biological or not biologically related to them. If you're the adult in their life, it's our responsibility to safeguard them, guide them, and establish healthy boundaries and love them as they raise. You can tell what I'm passionate about, huh? It got, it's serious in here right now. Sorry, guys. I don't have any jokes written into the sermon tonight. If you're having some challenges with this stuff, let me give you some resources a little bit. One, do word studies throughout the Bible on children and parents. That's the first. I like to push us right into the Bible. Okay? You do like a word study and and look for references on parents, children, and family. You're more than welcome to come set up some time with me and come see me here at the church or any of the other pastors. You know, we take appointments and we counsel people. And give encouragement, or just listen sometimes and pray with people. You can talk with parents in your own small group Bible studies. Another resource that's online is Focus on the Family. If you've never heard of that, it's, it's a pretty good uh, website. I read many articles on that throughout my week. It's called Focus on the Family. Uh, it started by Jim Dobson from back in the 80s and 90s. I really like the articles and resources they have. Okay, our last verse for tonight. Fathers, don't provoke your children lest they become discouraged. And no, I'm not talking about the endless dad jokes and Chuck Norris jokes I just berate my children with, too, all the time. And if they're around their friends, I turn it up. No, that's not what he's talking about, provoking them, because I do provoke them when I do that. No, what he's talking about, lest they become discouraged, is yes, we provide healthy boundaries, but not so we don't harp and beat up our kids emotionally and mentally to where it breaks their spirit. Okay, that's not what we're, that's not what discipline and training is for. Training's to enhance and lift up and build up their lives. That's all the word discipline means, it's training. So when we train and we establish boundaries, it's to elevate and lift up and enhance our children. It's to enhance our children. We're not to break their spirit, teasing them until their uh, feelings are crushed. Um, Setting too... Too, too high of expectations on them to where they crush under them. Making them try to achieve and earn your, your, the words, I love you, to them. Man, shower your kids and let them know you love them. Because I'll tell you, they'll look for it in the wrong places. I've, seen, I've met many of people that are like that. Welcome them into the, into the, the kingdom of the Lord. You don't want to break their spirits. You want to build and grow their spirits. Get them as close to Jesus as you possibly can. This is not a suggestion, a good idea. It's a commandment from the Lord. Don't do this. Don't do it. We must always seek to build their character and never tear it down. Okay, let's bring this in for a landing tonight. Because Sprouts closes in a little while, and I'm sure... No, I'm just kidding. I know, I know. You know, I'm sure everybody's on task with their grocery shopping. Okay. Tonight we've covered that God's divine peace and the indwelling of his word, they forge unshakable foundations for our relationships. One, our relationship with him. Two, our relationship with others. I know Paul was focusing on spouses and kids, and if you don't have that, apply it to your work life apply it to your nieces and nephews. Apply it to whoever you are are, are around that you have influence upon them. Allow God's peace to be in you, to unite you, to dwell in you. Let his word dwell richly in you. God, if we allow him to, will work on all of the relationships we have around us. And this is a sensitive time of the year, the holidays. Maybe there's been some challenging relationships between friends, coworkers, or family members, and you're like, gosh, I just don't want to see them. Take it to the Lord. And then allow his peace to guard your heart and your mind. Take it to the Lord. Let his peace rule. Let his word dwell. And if you haven't, then let's pray together about it. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we love you, and thank you for the truth of your scripture tonight. Lord, you have set down some expectations that might have stirred the spirit and thoughts of some. So, Father, I pray, God, that you would just minister your peace and your comfort, reminding people that you are still building and growing people closer to you. Many marriages you're repairing and restoring and maintaining. Relationships with children. Lord, just grow and make those as healthy as you can. Lord, we welcome you into those relationships. If you've never... um, had a relationship with God, this is your moment. If you've never asked for God to come into your life, this is your moment. If you'd like to know that all your sins are forgiven, if you'd like to know where you'll spend eternity, that you will have a long, loving, lasting, eternal relationship with God, we'd like to close with a simple prayer. You can say it in your own heart, or you could say it out loud with us. It's a simple prayer, and it goes like this. Lord Jesus, I surrender. I give you my life. Please forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I can serve you from this day forward. And all of God's kids agreed by saying... Amen. Hey, if I don't see you, oh, we have a Thanksgiving service on Wednesday night. If, if you want to come, we have a one-hour Thanksgiving service, seven o'clock. Everyone meets here. There's no youth ministries going on. We all meet here in the sanctuary and enjoy a night of fellowship and worship, and, some, and Pastor Ed will give us some, some thoughts. But hey, if I don't see you, happy Thanksgiving, guys. God bless you. Good night.